Happy blustery mother fucking blustery Monday. Happy and a happy Columbus Day. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's not happy. It's not Columbus Day where I come from. It's Indigenous People's Day. Sorry. Indigenous People Day. Very rarely do I ever go politically correct, but that is something I absolutely you have to stand by. You, you will stand your ground on that one. I do. I do. Yeah. There are some pretty grisly facts that were unearthed about Columbus in his journals, written in his handwriting, no less. Uh, pejorative things that were said about natives and how they were going to be used, how they were mm. treated, as you might imagine. I'm not the biggest fan of not Mr. Columbus. Not a huge fan. Which is funny, because when I say that, immediately I piss off Italian somehow. It's like, well, wait a minute. I... Not saying that I don't like Italians. I love Italians. I'm part Italian myself. It's that I just don't like him. Right, exactly. Right? Do you see where things go off the rails so quickly? Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. And oh, yeah, you want to fight about it, day. Right. Uh, okay, now, now you have a reason to not like me. <laughs> that was too much. And let's get to the business management and leadership. Let's do it. It's Monday, and today's gift of the day is brought to you by Red Kite Movement. I like that twist. <laughs> jobs are jobs. We've all had them. And we laugh when we look back. But that doesn't make them any less important towards our journey. What's fucked is when a job becomes a career. You just aren't trying hard enough. And we do fix that. Where I went with this, and I think it's maybe not that clear, so I feel like I need to extrapolate a little bit, is when, you know, you're younger, you go and you get your jobs that are just jobs, right? Something outside of throwing papers on porches. Yes. was a place called Straw Hat Pizza. That was like my first real, real job. But obviously, I strove to go beyond that, yet... I worked alongside of folks that were roughly my age now. Here I am, 50 years old. That's where some of these people started and then wound up. So if you're not careful, that job becomes a career if you don't really and try hard. And hopefully they just really, really loved the pizza industry. <laughs> <laughs> or they loved wearing that stupid fucking straw hat they made us wear. Oh, no way. They took oh, that God. literal. I love it. This is back in the day where they just made employees look like absolute tools. Did you ever see the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Of, of course. Oh, sorry. I should have known that. <laughs> You're a product of the 80s. Duh. That outfit where he had to wear it, and it was a, a seafood restaurant or something, and he dressed up like a pirate. That's yes. fucking legit. That was legit back then. Oh, no. Um, hello, hot dog on a stick. Right. <laughs> Those uniforms with the weird hats and, I mean, but look, it worked. We're talk. I mean, those things were talked about and still are. Yeah, true. Just bad, bad uniforms. Are there any such thing nowadays? Uh, or, I guess. Well, you go into these. Still really bad? Maybe not so bad, but when you go into these places that are like kitschy restaurants, the theme restaurants, they're finally dying out. Do you remember TGI Fridays? The pin. Yes, the the flare. The flare Good is Lord, what they flare. call them. <laughs> you don't have enough flare. Oh my god! Right. Yes. As if the flare is supposed to be something that 
<laughs> as a customer, it's supposed to excite you somehow, but it, I, it was repellent oh to God. me. I, I felt bad for them. But the case in point is exactly that. You went in there and you endured those jobs. You learned the work ethic. You learned conflict management. You learned things that are extraordinarily important. But most, mostly you just knew you wanted to get the fuck out of there. Of course. You couldn't see yourself as manager 20 years down the line wearing flair or enforcing the flair rule, right? Right. But I love what you say about we laugh when we look back, but that doesn't make them any less important because those jobs were like the foundation of shitty work that you endured, you got through, and there were good, hard lessons. I remember waitressing, which I think everyone needs to be a server. Absolutely. In their career, you learn... Uh, good customer service. You learn how to deal with bad c- customers. You learn how to take care of the money, your till, cashing out, tipping others, and what goes on behind the scenes. Because no one understands, like, well, why do I have to tip so much? This is all that they did for me. You know, it should be the owners tipping them. I f- and there's just so much that goes into it. But there's so many great lessons. Not to mention, on, on, now that you're on the other side, when you go in, you get great customer service, you see somebody struggling, you, you totally recognize it and have empathy. I mean, when, yeah, when the hostess seats six tables at once and you're bitching because they haven't been by to take your drink order, you know that they're not just leaning against the counter. The one thing I did hate about the service industry is when it was dead, it was so fun to mess around with the people because there was nothing to do. And then, you know, they come by, yeah, manager comes by and is like, time to lean, time to clean. Oh, God. And you just had to do shitty, shitty side work. That was the only bad thing. But, I mean, looking back, we should have been doing it. Uh, I learned really quickly not to fuck around. When you get the bathroom detail, that's like a one-time deal. Ooh. You know better from that point forward. You never fuck up again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're Some so nasty right. Stuff in there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge one to be a bathroom cleaner to begin with. And I got to tell you, being raised in a family where my mom basically did all the housework, I went from zero to sixty, and it was fucking mortifying. When I started to wash dishes, the guy actually had to turn on the hot water for me because I'd never washed a dish in my life. Wow. Right? That's how spoiled I was. Wow. It's like in the sink or it's in the dishwasher. <laughs> There's no manually washing the dish, right? That's what the dishwasher's for. Well, you just put them on the edge of the counter and they're gone in the morning. I don't understand. Right. I used this machine called Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it was effective. Oh, that's funny, not funny, David. <laughs> but I get it. I was... You know, we always had chores growing up, hated them. But you know what? It's just like when you learn how to eat good as a kid, you grow up eating well your whole life. Therefore, you probably don't have to battle um, obesity right. because you always ate well and you learn to eat the good nutrition. And I was always a chubby kid, so I never was afforded, you know, like when they say, oh, you can eat anything because you're skinny as a rail. I never had that. So I grew up always like, you know, not counting calories, but always cognizant of what I put in my body because I could gain it fast where like my brother could eat the entire pantry and lose (laughs) two pounds, you know? And so 
it's now that we're in adulthood, it's way easier for me. And I, I know sometimes he struggles. Well, I've never met your brother face to face, but I feel like I really want to punch him right now. <laughs> right? Always just yeah. this thin as a rail Ugh. kid. I, I don't relate to that at all. Don't have that genetics. I, I walk by sweets and I get fat. And, and yeah. how often have you seen me eat sweets? I can't eat a sweet. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not worth the risk reward scenario. It's not in balance. Yeah. I ate one sweet and I know it basically just raced one lap on the beach. I'm like, eh, it's not that good that I need to eat that. Or you do savor and save the ones that you know are going to be so decadent and so delicious and such good ingredients. Oh, that true. When you do, you just like can truly love every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one thing that I could tell you that you shouldn't have around me. It's my weakness is fucking almond roca. Oh, I don't know that I've ever eaten a piece of almond roca. What? I don't want to create an <laughs> open door for you, but if you have one, it's, now, see, it's a I'm gateway. I'm not a toffee or a caramel Oh, holy fan. shit then. Oh, so, maybe you would yeah, be immune to it. it doesn't appeal to me. I like how different the textures are and the different flavors melding. I can see that. Yeah, that one's like you can have buckets of that in front of me, and I will never oh be God. tempted. Well, that's it's my kryptonite. Yeah. Speaking of buckets, my aunt and uncle, every year on Christmas, we knew exactly what was inside. <laughs> it's this unmistakable tin, right? You could put any wrapping paper on it, and you'll know immediately what it is. You shake it, and you're like, yeah, baby. Can't wait for Christmas morning. And I remember waking up. The 26th of December, and there was like two pieces left in the tin, and I don't remember eating it all. It's like, what the fuck happened? Now I look on the bedroom floor, and there's all these foil wrappers. I'm like, oh, I guess I got into it. No way. Yeah, because it goes down so easily. That is that is too funny. So so what are you saying? You, you claim that we can uh, – you just aren't trying hard enough, and we fix that – I feel like there's like a flame under the feet to get oh. you moving for those who are stalled in a job and not Most a definitely. career. And I think that when COVID hit and the people that were still like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm, I'm in a job, but I'm not in a career. And they weren't essential. That was a huge fucking wake up call for a ton of people. Like I literally just got off the phone with U.S. Foods. The, one of the food providers at Sonnet Hill, and they were talking about how many clients they've lost because people are way too afraid to come back into the culinary arts. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to take a hard pass on this. So I could potentially lose my job in the future again. And now they're looking at a real solid career instead. So th- because the future is going to hold this again and they, they get it. Like, sure. okay, that's the difference between a job and a career. But I'll tell you what, the worst job I ever had was sales recruiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, Talk about fucking selling that. your soul for a couple of bucks. Isn't Just that how, absolute shit. Isn't that amazing how that feeling will never leave you? Oh, God. How it's many almost decades day to day. later? And it's a gift that it doesn't uh-huh. leave you. Because even though I'm like literally on the other side of my career and could retire completely, I still have the thought in the back of my head, if Worst case scenario played itself out. Shit hits the fan. I lose all my money. I have to go back and get another job. That's not on my yeah. list. <laughs> Even if that was like the only job on Indeed, I would still pass on right? it. I'd rather live right. on the fucking street than be a sales recruiter. 
I feel like I believe you when you say that because I, you know, we've all had those feelings and there's just, it's, it's an undeniable, it, it can start making you sweat even oh. thinking about having to do it again. I literally have nightmares about it that I'm back, I'm back and I'm stuck at that desk trying to do lead generation. Oh God. These deep introspective nightmares that I have are usually about relationships where I'm stuck back in a bad relationship. But this is similar. I'm back at my desk and I'm facing these gross salespeople, cold calling them, trying to pull them out of one job and into the next. It's just terrible. Yeah. You know, I have those always when something is stressful in my life. I always go back to funny that I mentioned it serving. And it's always like I can't get to my tables and I see them and yeah. I can't. And it's, and you do, you just wake up feeling, oh my God, thank goodness. I'm, it's just a stressful dream. Yeah. We all can relate to that. It's either that or the the one recurring dream I still have. How many years ago did I graduate from school? I still have this dream that I've, I've taken a class. I've forgotten about it. It's the end of the semester. And, and I've, I've got an F in yes, it. And I'm having I to take am. the final. And I know it's going to destroy my GPA. In fact, you know what? I think I had this dream last night. Well, I did. I actually did. Oh, my God. The best thing I could do in that class was a B. The most most I could get Isn't was a B. Isn't that funny? I have those dreams too. Like, how did I forget I had this class? And now I have to take the final. And then, like, sometimes I can't find the classroom. That's exactly the dream. So why yeah. is it that we have the same dream? I mean, two out of two people right now are having the exact same dream. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? That's not in a movie. It's not a theme any, anywhere. It's just completely organic yeah. and programmed somehow. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's something in your early adolescence that you cared so much about, right? You never wanted to be late for class or tests always meant that much to but you. But it's so specific. Or your first job or, you know, like where you had to, I don't want to say prove yourself, but. It yeah, was important right. to succeed that, 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 yeah, all of a sudden it, it's programmed in your, your brain. Yeah. The anxiety I used to have with being on time to places because my mother was just a poor time manager and a procrastinator. She okay. lost job after job for that. But when you're relying on her as your ride to school and you're late every fucking Not day, cool. it's terrible. It, it completely destroys the, your day. You start your day in high high anxiety. How are you supposed to perform under that pressure, especially in education? Right. My God, it's no wonder I turned out the way no, that I did. Not, not cool at all. Able to navigate tough situations. <laughs> yes, right. Sometimes feels good. If you're not happy with your job, or dare I say it, and this is almost borderline blasphemy, if you're not happy with your career, guess what? There are other careers out there that you can have. How many careers have I had? Yeah. And not because I hated any of them. I just felt done with each one. And I you know I'm leaving long-term care. I love this career. The longest one, 25 years. But I'm done with it. And now I know I can move on to something else and be completely okay. And I think that's the biggest thing is never be afraid 
like we've always said, to let go of the side of the pool and jump in. But you do have to do the work. It's not just going to come to you and all of a sudden one day you're going to wake up and know what your life's purpose right. is. Right. Very that's, true. That's a lot of work and that's a long journey. So I, I urge everyone to, you need to find that stillness and that space within you. If you're so unhappy in your job and you're trying to, you're using the excuse, you don't know what it, you're, you're good at, or you don't know what your career would be, or you don't know what your purpose is, you got to put in the work and, and that's being still a lot to listen, to dig deep, to have a conversation with yourself rather than just say, you know, play the victim. You know what, Michelle, I love everything you just said. And I, I, I've got to say something here. I don't think people fucking say it or he, hear it enough. It, what you just said sounded heady, a little fluffy, didn't sound realistic to a large cross-section of our audience. Uh, yeah. But I've got to tell you, we're not just talking talk. What Michelle just said is not bullshit. There's a huge difference between somebody who elevates themselves and figures out that they're in a job that they hate and want to go into a career. The difference is you sat and meditated on it. You opened up your laptop. You looked at all the other potential careers out there. You did the research on what your personality and skill sets are going to match. Instead of coming home, smoking right. weed and eating Cheetos and going, oh, look at me, I'm a victim and I can't find anything. No, it's, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Your solution's not at the bottom of a bag of Cheetos or at the end of a blunt. Oh, I don't have a calling and there's no calling for me. Everybody else is finding their calling but me. No, right. it's, it's about fucking work. You're no different about anybody else except for your approach or lack thereof. Right. I got a little and heated over that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You, you, threw, you threw in the mofo right there. You were going with it. I think it's time for you to get out there and fly that kite. Yako Key. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's gift of the day. Check back tomorrow for another gift from your friends at the Red Kite Movement. You will stay... <laughs>